0: Through two games of the season, what's the weakest position group on the Oklahoma Sooners? And we got your viewer questions on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh On Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KREF Sports app. And Josh, we got viewer questions coming at us today, both from Twitter Also from our Discord channel, if you are not subscribed to that, go find the Discord link in the YouTube and podcast uh, description as well. It's out there on Twitter as well, so you can go find it over there as well. But join the conversation. A lot of great discussion that happens in our Discord channel, and it's for free. It's all for fun. Just another way for us to interact and communicate, connect with you all, the Locked On Sooners listener and viewer. Josh, our first question comes from the Discord chat, and that comes from Not Dawson over there i don't know who he is but he's definitely not dawson and he asks through two games what is the weakest position group on the oklahoma sooners in your opinion i'm gonna say
1: tight end for right now we've seen a little bit from blake smith but a little problematic what we've seen i think uh from austin stagner i'd like to see that come along further but that's probably that's probably not a satisfactory enough position group, right? For the, the purposes of this conversation. So I take it a layer deeper and I say, okay, to me, I was probably, you know, not looking linebacker. You've been great there. Secondary, I think has taken a significant step forward wide receiver. Okay. I'd like to see a little bit more, but generally speaking, not, not the weakest link. uh, I don't think for sure for Oklahoma, it's not quarterback. So that kind of leads us to offensive line defensive line and as you start diving into some of the numbers for me john you know a lot of people would say okay well you know it's it's got to be one of the two right and it's defensive line because they haven't had the pass rush and yet i look at the the numbers so far for oklahoma and the way they're defending the run john is is really really good 28th nationally right now uh defending the run so you have to tip your cap there. It'd be easy to say, well, wait a second. What's going on with Oklahoma running the football? And yet right now, they're also 32nd in rushing offense. So I'm going to lean interior offensive line, but I don't have a strong feeling that there's a definite weak link right now.
0: Yeah, if I could say it's it's probably the pass rush, just because it's just not generating anything consistently yet. And maybe it's just – Evidence of them either one, really focusing on the run, making sure, hey, listen, we're going to stop the run first and foremost, and then rush rush the passer, which a lot of their guys are more built as run defenders than they are as pass rushers. You got a few guys with some juice, but usually it's kind of the the 6'5", 260 defensive ends that are out there, 270 defensive ends. So that's kind of where I lean. Yeah, they're they're defending the run really well. I, I have no complaints about what the defensive line is doing on that front. Yeah, there's a little bit of context if you want to talk about the way that offensive lines and offenses are scheming against Oklahoma's defensive line, you know, using more uh, seven, eight man protections, p- keeping more tight ends and running backs in the in the formation in order to you know prevent blitzers from getting to the quarterback, edge rushers from getting to the quarterback. So that's kind of where I lean. But also, I think maybe it's still early and we just haven't seen everything take off. I mean, last year, this time, the pass rush looked great. And then it fizzled out when you got to big 12 play. Maybe we're going to get a little bit of a reversal of fortune and it's going to look meh to through the through non-conference. And then when big 12 play comes, it starts to pick up. So I'm going to just say it's an incomplete at this point. I'm not really going to grade the pass rush. I just think it's incomplete. I haven't seen enough out of it. And if if I'm kind of nitpicking, I just feel like, yeah, that's probably it. But I think that's a good thing. Like we're not it's not an obvious answer I think that's a really great sign for where this team is heading this season there's no real clear definitive obvious answer on on what the weakest position group is I think you can kind of pinpoint some areas where they haven't been as successful or you know a series of drives where they weren't making plays in, in one position group or another like wide receiver against SMU at times let Dylan Gabriel down whether it was you know Drake Stoops not being ready for the ball whenever he cleared the defender and it hit off his hands and fell incomplete or LV Bunkley Shelton cutting off his curl route or slipping on the route is what I saw and not again, being available for Dylan Gabriel fall ball falls incomplete or Gavin Freeman getting the ball thrown. You know? Yeah. He had to jump for it, but it it hit him right in the hands, right where he needed to be to catch it. So, You could, I could argue maybe wide receiver, but I think tight end kind of comes back to we haven't really seen any receiving production aside from a Blake Smith touchdown, a Blake Smith running catch or catch and run, and a Cade McIntyre catch and run. That's really all we've seen out of tight end. They're run blocking fairly well. So, yeah, I think there's not a definitive answer away from tight end, and that's a good thing. That's an okay thing. You can get by, actually, with average tight end play at the college level, even at the NFL level, as long as they're run blocking well.
1: No, that's right. Yeah, I mean, obviously it would behoove this team for Stogner or Smith, one of those guys, to turn into a reliable, consistent over the middle threat. And I'm not selling stock in the idea that Stogner can still be that guy, though, for whatever reason, yeah, it hasn't. it hasn't gone maybe as expected there. But you're right. If the, the wide receivers, if you're able to run the football, and Oklahoma has a nice collection of running backs. We didn't even talk about the running backs. I mean, obviously, it's not that position group for Oklahoma with what Tawie Walker's doing. I know there's maybe some questions to sort out in terms of what is the defined one and two look like at running back for Oklahoma? But, yeah, I mean, if you're able to run block things up and pass protect and let these wide receivers go start to make plays, you know, questions you could have there too is, What's going on with Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson? Are they going to add a, a bigger body seriously on a more consistent basis into the equation? But again, if the offensive line holds up, probably yes. You don't need a great tight end for Oklahoma. That's that's the position group that it's like easy for me to point out the lack of production relative to sort of what we expected out of Stogner. But it's gonna it's gonna show itself out. Not probably versus Tulsa this week, John. But as you get to Cincinnati and Iowa State, the last couple of years has been really, really good defensively. And that that three-man stack over the years has given Oklahoma problems. So can Oklahoma against Iowa State's defense? Probably not the other side of the football. You're going to take a ton out of that game because Iowa State offensively, uh, still a mess. They lost their starting quarterback going into the year. So, But how, how well do you run the football? Can you throw? Uh, can you avoid pressures versus Iowa State? We'll be able to pick up a little bit As we go along before we get to the big test, of course, which is going to be Texas.
0: Yeah, it's it's fascinating to see that. Yeah, Braden Willis had this huge breakout a year ago and tight end yet has to reveal itself this year. We'll see what happens. There's a long season left to go. I mean, Oklahoma's got, what, 10 more games at least in this year to figure some things out. Uh, and one big game this weekend against Tulsa to answer some of the questions maybe that we have against uh, against the Hurricanes. So we got a few more questions that we want to dive into from our Twitter followers and Discord group members. We'll talk about those after we talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and to level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kicks, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, probably into a little bit of all of that if you're anything like me. eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or guess what? Your money back. That's because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash, ladies and gents, All the parts you need to keep your ride or die alive, eligible items only, exclusions apply. That is eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers at ebaymotors.com.
0: Yeah, Josh, before we get to a couple more questions here on today's show, Let's talk some of the injury updates that were mentioned by Brent Venables in his weekly press conference. It sounds like Gentry Williams is going to be good to go against Tulsa, was named a captain, which pretty awesome that he gets to be a captain going back home to where he you know played his high school ball, grew up uh, for the uh, the oh, where did he play? Was he broken arrow? Booker T. Booker T. My apologies. Sorry, Booker T. Um, I should know that Booker T. Washington, <laughs> the five times um booker t no so that's a a big time you know deal for for a guy like gentry so congrats to him being named captain and being healthy to be able to play it sounds like justin harrington's a little bit banged up dealing with an acl sprain Uh, it's going to probably keep him out of tulsa and may keep him out of the cincinnati game as well we'll just kind of see how uh, his recovery goes brent Venables mentioned that he practiced but where wore a brace uh the other guy that probably who does McCullough sounds like he might be ready to go. They're hopeful that he's going to be able to play. We'll see if they actually play him against Tulsa or just kind of try to hold him out, let him get a little bit more recovery time in and then be ready to go. When you go to Cincinnati in a a week and a half. So any, any other injury guys that I, that I missed on, I I think that's pretty much everybody. I think
1: you covered. Yeah. All of it there, but, uh, it's, it's a job interview, right? My, uh, my weaknesses are actually my positives. Let's hope that's the case for Oklahoma here because I do think it could be a positive thing that all of a sudden and, – and he played and played well a week ago. Peyton Bowen was out there making plays, but now all of a sudden – He's, again, called upon very quickly here. We'll see. uh, I mean, just based on that, it sounds like, yeah, Gentry Williams is ready to slide right back into a starting role. But guess what? You saw Kanai Walker get out there and uh, and make some plays for Oklahoma a week ago. And assuming, as you mentioned, DeSan McCola is back and ready to roll as well. Again, my weaknesses are actually my positives. It's not the worst thing for Oklahoma that you're talking about, whether it's Bowen or Walker or McCola. I kind of like the idea that each of those guys are potentially getting more reps before you get into, obviously, a Big 12 play, which is looming.
0: Yeah, I would love to see Peyton Bowen get some, get a significant run at Cheetah just to get him on the field. And then another guy like maybe Kip Lewis also, he's just proven to be a playmaker. And if you need a spot to play him alongside Kanik and Stutzman, hey, Cheetah's got some snaps available right now. So that could be a potential an, an intriguing option there. We know that Reggie Pearson worked at Cheetah uh, some during the offseason as well. It wouldn't be surprising to see him out there. Uh, a couple more questions here on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Is football catching softball anytime soon, do you think, Josh? Well,
1: basically you're saying is Oklahoma football about to rattle off multiple national championships. So anytime soon, no, I'm going to hold off on that. I think Oklahoma is going to get there under Brent Venables, but uh, you know, I still got to see it a little bit to believe it. The The, the recruitments – of the last three cycles here is a step, obviously positively in the right direction for OU, but go win another big 12 championship for me on the way out the door. Then all of a sudden, you know, with Jackson Arnold and this defensive line upgrading and the defensive talent across the secondary linebackers going forward, show me that that is going to be something, a way of the future where you've got stars and all of a sudden we can have that conversation. But that's like saying, I mean, you're going to catch the dynastic Yankees or the warriors. I mean, catching softball right now, nobody can catch softball right now.
0: Yeah. They're, they're so good. They're too good. They're, they're too good to even put anybody else in the same tier as them right now. Now, if Oklahoma decides they're going to run off three straight national championships in football, then I've, I'll stand corrected and admit it on this show very proudly and happily uh, that I was wrong on that front. But no, what Patty Gasso's built with the Oklahoma softball program is second to none it's it's top tier across the sporting world i mean it's an elite program what no matter what, what sport you compare it to i mean it rivals gino ariyama and what he did at yukon it rivals you know men's basketball whether it's you know mike Shashevsky at duke or roy williams in north carolina what patty gas built is absolutely incredible you could say the same thing for kj kindler at with OU women's gymnastics as well, just the the dynasty that she's built over there, it's 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 going to be hard for anybody to match that uh, at Oklahoma or anywhere else. For that and
1: matter. and uh, I know it's been a little bit longer, but give my man Mark Williams and uh, their dynastic yeah. run at times at Oklahoma a little bit of credit. But yeah, I mean, relative to the sport of softball, it's the greatest dynastic run and it doesn't look like it's over so football catching softball hey i hope they get there where they can win one in the next uh, however many years but uh you know in fairness to what oklahoma softball is to the sport no i can't right here on any sort of platform say that oklahoma football is catching that right now but they're making strides to get closer john I, i do believe that
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think they're heading in a great direction with Brent Venables. It's just a matter of now seeing that all of that play out on the football field. Uh, next question comes up to us uh, from a Twitter follower. Eileen P Kelly one on Twitter. She says, I love your podcast. Eileen, we love you, too. Thank you so much for that. One question that I have is why we're so conservative on offense. Is it that DG can't make the throws or is he not seeing the whole field? I, I don't know that
1: I put a lot of blame on DG for the last game. You know, they, I think they took the football away from him a little bit, uh, actually a lot of it in uh, the contest versus SMU, whether it was giving him the, and, and I don't think it was run pass option. I mean, it looked like designed quarterback read option in mm-hmm. a lot of instances with Dylan Gabriel versus SMU. Obviously they brought the Jackson Arnold package out there. So they took away his option to throw the football now over the middle of the field yeah, I think at times that has been challenging for Dylan Gabriel, but in terms of being conservative, I think you look at Jeff Lebby, I, I, right? I as your offensive play caller in the last game, but I do you know, I, I wouldn't say that uh, Oklahoma is planning to be conservative going forward. I think it just, just the way, for whatever reason, that SMU game sort of played out, John.
0: Yeah. I just don't think Oklahoma sees SMU or even Tulsa for that matter, as much of a threat. And so they're going to, play as vanilla as they possibly can to win these games so that they're not revealing a lot on tape for Cincinnati to study Iowa state, Texas, and so on and so forth. They'll open things up more as the challenges get more and more difficult. We've seen Dylan Gabriel make the throws. He's capable. He can get the ball down the field. He's been better this year over the middle from zero to 20 yards. I mean, against Arkansas state, he was great last week. He was pretty good as well. I think you're right. They took the ball out of his hands. They decided they were going to run the football a lot, keep things simple, keep things you know in the the short to intermediate game. They didn't even run a lot of screen plat- passes in that game. It was just kind of very minimal from that from that perspective. So I, I do think a lot of it was just the game plan, and and maybe it's and I don't even want to say Jeff Lebby necessarily, but just the coaching staff as a whole, Brent Venables. And Jeff Levy saying, hey, we're going to go into this thing conservative. We're going to run the football, play defense, get out of there with a, a win that isn't a big shootout. And if you want to avoid a shootout, the best way to do that, run the football, take the air out of it, run the clock and play good defense. And Oklahoma did that. It was successful. We can nitpick that it was only 28 points, but also Oklahoma's defense only gave up 11. And when Oklahoma's offense needed to score, they came up with 14 points late in the game to put it away. So yes, we can complain and we can, you know, want the, the Brownie points or the, the what's the phrase, the
1: style points.
0: Thank you. Style points, not Brownie points, the style points you, we want the style points, but a win's a win. And it was by 17 points against a solid group of five offense. I have no, I have very few complaints about it. Um, last thing we'll do, we we'll, got we'll briefly touch on Tulsa. Before we get out of here, uh, but first I want to talk to you about our new friends over at Jace Medical. If you've ever been caught in an emergency, in a natural disaster, and you haven't had the medications that you take on a regular basis at your disposal, you might have been feeling kind of panicked about that or say you know, there is a, a flood that occurs and, and you want to have antibiotics on hand. Well, Jace medical has created an option for you to get five life-saving antibiotics delivered directly to your home over at Jace medical.com living in Ethiopia for a good portion of the last decade. I lived there for five years during our time there, there was, there was political, you know, a conflict going on. There was internal, uh, cultural conflict, you know, um, between two different tribes in the town that we were living in, it wasn't always safe to go out. And and when you did, you wanted to go straight to work, straight to home, straight to the grocery store, straight to home. You didn't have a lot of time to go searching for the different medications that we might've needed in those certain circumstances. If one of my, if my kid had gotten sick, I might not have had the antibiotics necessary to, to treat her or my wife, same thing. Well, if I'd have had the option to have Jace Medical available to me, And have this package, this Jace case in my home with the medications that we might have needed, it would have created a a lot less stress because we had the preparation, we had what we needed, you know, in Oklahoma with, with tornado season and everything that goes with that, you might want to have yourself prepared with a Jace case, The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus an additional $20 off by using locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-Medical.com using promo code locked on. All right, Josh, just your initial thoughts on the Tulsa Golden Hurricane.
1: I expect Oklahoma to crush Tulsa. I, that's that's my initial thoughts. Really like Kevin Wilson. I'm sure that long-term. He'll get this thing headed back in a positive direction for them. But in terms of the national landscape, what Washington did to Tulsa, I expect that from Oklahoma. I expect Oklahoma to go win this game by four scores or more. And I expect, you know, speaking of being conservative and attacking in the passing game and taking some shots. Tulsa's 117th right now in passing defense. They're giving up 302 yards per game. So what do I expect? I expect uh, the best day we've seen so far from those tight ends, right? We're waiting on Stogner or Smith or whoever to break out a little bit. I expect our wide receivers from Oklahoma to break out a little bit, and I expect Dylan Gabriel to be very, very efficient and just kind of if he has to dink and dunk and when he can attack to attack downfield. I expect a lot in the passing game across the board from Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I do the same. I think they're going to be able to take some shots. They're going to be able to hit some plays, you know, against Tulsa. uh, Michael Penix averaged 9.5 yards per attempt, like down the field, his average depth of target was 9.5 yards per attempt. His yard per attempt was even higher than that 10.6. So not only were they getting the ball down the field, but they were also you know, getting yards after the catch. And so I think that's an encouraging op, you know, an, an encouraging sign for Oklahoma this week is I think you're gonna see their playmakers make plays. Uh, this is gonna be a game that, you know, Oklahoma's favored by 27 and a half, and it's gonna be really tempting to take Oklahoma by 27 and a half because they're just gonna be a more talented team in this one. And that's no disrespect to Tulsa. We've seen them play teams tough, especially a team like Oklahoma State. They've played tough in, in recent years, but uh, they're just not gonna be quite ready. To, to handle what Oklahoma does offensively. I think it's another game where you know, you're know you going to see a lot of players play because they're going to get up early and they're going to be able to play the depth that they have and get get more answers as to who they're going to be able to rely on as the season goes along.
1: And it's a road game only in name right? I mean, this is going to be a home game for Oklahoma. So yeah, you don't get the friendly confines, I guess, technically, I mean, Oklahoma, are they going to sleep in their own beds? Probably. Right. And then just make the trek over. I, I would imagine. I, I don't know. May, and maybe Venables addressed that in his press conference, I just, I missed it earlier today, but uh, you know, I, I guess they have the option of going over and, and stay in that night. Then you just wake up and, and treat it like a legitimate road game. I could see Oklahoma taking that approach just because obviously you got the Cincinnati trip right right on the heels of it. So do you kind of spend the week right before it getting getting into the groove of all of that? So that might be, honestly, outside of just, hey, get in, get out, be healthy. That might be one of the most important things they get out of it is just the, the road trip component to it, John.
0: Yeah, it's rare that you get a road trip in non-conference where you're basically very overmatching your opponent you know, where you're a 27 and a half point favorite, generally that's reserved for a home game where you're, you're paying a team to come play you No, you get to go and get the benefit of playing a road game, being in somebody else's stadium, somebody else's barn, somebody else's locker room dealing with all the, just the different things that go with that. And I, and I think you're right that if you treated this like a true road game, as opposed to waking up early Saturday morning and driving up to Tulsa, then you're going to be better off when you go to Cincinnati. And I think that's the approach that they took when they went to Kansas uh, back in 2021, right. was, they got up super early, rode the bus. And that, that game was pretty sluggish um, for most of three quarters until Oklahoma kind of took over late in the game. So, I mean, treat the, treat the road game, like the road game, go stay the night. I mean, Oklahoma's got more than enough resources to make sure that that happens. uh, And then get yourself ready for Cincinnati the next week again, get in, get out, get healthy. We'll talk more about Tulsa as the week progresses. We'll have more from uh, Brent Venables. We'll talk some of our takeaways from his press conference uh, coming up on the next show as well. So follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref. I'm at John Nine Williams. Follow the show at Locked On Sooners. And again, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, he's Josh. I'm John Boomer Sooner.